I'm Kim Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chicago Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we'll bring you nice insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we find out more about an ongoing study between Chicago and UCD examining how companion forages, namely chicory, plantain, red and white clover, perform alongside a perennial ryegrass ward in sheep systems. Now, to tell us more about this, we're joined by Lisa McGrain, who's a postgraduate student based in Atmarie and who's working on the project. Lisa starts by explaining a bit more about the crops and how they'll be managed as separate farmlets in the system. We move on to discuss how they're examining the effects on animal performance. They're also investigating how the sward performs under grazing conditions and the changes seen in the sward composition during the year. In addition to the animal component of the study, Lisa discussed another aspect of it that is looking at various establishment methods and seeding rates to see how these influence sward composition and sward performance. Part of that study is also examining the effect of post-grazing sward heights have on these companion forages and how they perform. But to start off, Lisa gives us a bit more background to the project she's involved in. Yeah, so I'm a PhD student in uh, in here in Chagas and Athenry, um, and I'm carrying out a research project in conjunction with uh, UCD and with Chagas. Um, looking at, uh, it's called an evaluation of companion forages in combination with perennial ryegrass to increase animal performance and output in pasture-based sheep production systems. Um, and I'm carrying this out with um, Dr. Philip Creighton in Chagas and Professor Tommy Boland in UCD. Um, and so basically um, our study is somewhat a follow-on from some multi-species work that Tommy would have carried out um, in Lyons previously. Um, this study looks at um, each of the companion forages um, along with cross the study. Uh, the treatments that I'm following are perennial ryegrass only, uh, perennial ryegrass plus white clover, perennial ryegrass plus red clover, and perennial ryegrass plus plantain, and perennial ryegrass plus chicory. And then so we just follow these swords across, um, across the different trials. So as opposed to maybe some of the work in UCD was a full mixed species ward, you're looking at them as a companion to perennial ryegrass. So you can actually look at how each of them performs during the season. Yeah, so the purpose of this trial, I suppose, is um, uh, to identify perhaps which of the components um, of those multi-species swards um, are individually making a difference to say your sward or animal performance. Um, like on an individual basis. So we, we all know to bring some to the table it's, it's maybe refining down where they fit into each of them. Look, the study, it's, it's certainly topical, but it's broken down maybe into two large components. You've an animal element of that study, Lisa. You might explain what you're trying to do in that. Yeah, so um, here in Nathan Rye, we run um, five groups of yews and lambs. So we have 23, lamb, 23, 23 yews in each group, um, and we run those on the five uh, sward types that I've just mentioned. Um, so each of the groups uh, run on those um, swards from uh, turnout after lambing, and we follow it right through until the yews are housed uh, around December time. And we so follow the lambs performance and the yew performance over that time. Essentially, each of them companion forages is a little farmlet onto itself. It's a, it's a self-contained system. Yeah, a self-contained system, yeah. So in animal part of study, Lisa, you're looking at a lot of different aspects of it. You're looking at animal performance first, I suppose, that's both the O and lamb performance, but you're also looking at the sword contribution to that, so in terms of production maybe, and in terms of what's becoming prevalent of that. You might explain to us a little bit more, just the kind of level of measurements you're doing in this study. 
Yeah, so in terms of the animals, we're measuring um, the lamb weight, lamb live weight at uh, all throughout its life up until slaughter um, and therefore its average daily gain over that time period. Um, and then we also measure some slaughter data uh, from those lambs as well. And then in terms of the yo, then we're measuring uh, live weight and condition score at the critical times of the year um, to see what impact uh, the sword, uh, sword might have on, on the yo herself as well. Um, then in terms of the sward, we're measuring um, the sward production in terms of kilos of dry matter per hectare, so how much that sward uh, can grow. Uh, and then also we take um, cuts from these uh, swards and they'll be sent for analysis so that you can tell the nutritive value of that sward um, at the various time points across the year. I suppose then the last thing that we measure is the, the you know, how the forage, how much forage is in the sward at all the various time points of the year and as a result of that then we have the information to follow the um the contribution of the forage to the sward um all across the year and over across years as well so that you can follow uh, the persistency of those forages and that's something very interesting because obviously the composition i imagine changes quite a lot depending on the legume or the herb that's in with the grass mix during the year like i know you're only into the early stages of it but i'm sure there's big variation there as the year progresses in terms of what the sword composition is at key time points. Yeah, absolutely. So the forages don't um, give the same contribution to the sward at all time points. For example, the clovers um, are quite sensitive to uh, temperature. So we've seen that there'd be quite low levels of, of forage, of clover, sorry, in the swards, um, say in the winter months and in early spring, it's quite low, but then you can follow, uh, by taking the measurements that I've mentioned, you can follow that the clover uh, content is increasing drastically then uh, to a peak at around um, August time is usually when the, the clover contents have peaked in, the, in these swards. And the same then, of course, with the herbs, although they seem to be um, less variation across the season with those than than the, than the clovers. And the beef have been part of a farm that it also has to deal with the different weather conditions that crop up in various years. Yeah. Like from an animal point of view, I know it's early days, there is some performance differences there. Um, what are the kind of key highlights so far? Yeah, so um, the study, um, I suppose that generally what we've seen, although we haven't um, completed the study and it's not, uh, it's not complete yet, but um, over the course of the study so far, we have seen um, animal performance benefits um, with the inclusion of, of, of either or all of these um, all of these companion forages that we're looking at are um, giving um, an animal production benefit. Um, I suppose um, one uh, figure that I had looked at was the uh, days to slaughter over the previous three years. And what we've seen on average over the previous three years is that the days to slaughter um, for the groups of animals containing any of these um, companion forages days to slaughter has been reduced um, in comparison to those grazing on a, a ryegrass only sward. And like, look, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to follow. I think the second aspect of your study really looks at one of the questions we have about some of these um, various companion forages, indeed mixed species. And it's similar, we were chatting to Philip previously about clover and its establishment and trying to maintain it in a sward. You're looking at that in a bit more detail in a plot study, Lisa, in the second phase of your project. You might explain to us what are the key things you're looking at in that aspect of it. Yeah, so um, I suppose as a follow on from the performance, uh, animal and sword performance, um, 
results that we've seen in the study so far, we uh, designed uh, a plot-based study. So these are kind of based on three main areas that we'd like to look at. So the first being establishment methods, so how you are receding these uh, forages, and the second being post-grazing sward height or grazing management, so how you're managing these swards on a grazing system, um, uh, what sward heights you know you should be looking to achieve. Um, and the third then uh, is looking at the various seeding rates uh, and also um, planting the, with a perennial ryegrass, uh, tetraploid or diploid perennial ryegrass. So that's the three main areas that we're looking at under the plot-based studies. And that's certainly going to be of interest because when it comes to management of these forests, we're relatively novice in terms of what we do. We know how to go with grass, but it's going to challenge us just like to ask you maybe first the establishment methods what were the different establishments that you looked at yeah so um we have uh, four um, establishment methods that we've looked we're looking at under the plot study so the first is um, a conventional so that's like a full plow till so um and the second then we were calling a disc method where we use the disc harrow and then a power harrow and then sewn um the third then being a power harrow treatment so it just received the power harrow uh, and then sewn and then the fourth being the direct drill method where it's just a one pass system um, without any cultivation. And that, look, that'll be interesting in terms of invasive species and how well good an uptake you get and how long it takes to get into the sward, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So under these plot based studies, we are basically are following the forage uh, contribution to the sward and the weed contribution to the sward uh, and then obviously taking the same um, cuttings for to look at the nutritive value of these swords um in future in the future no, so um good. basically what we've seen from these establishment method trials um to date i suppose is that you know each one is when when each one is carried out correctly and um, there is adequate levels of forage uh, coming through in this ward um no one seems to be uh, outstandingly better than than any others no, certainly. So just like from a grazing management point of view, I know if we looked at some of the other data on it, you know, we tend to see the mixed species for a higher post-grazing height possibly than what we would look for in, in ryegrass. What kind of heights have you looked at? Yeah, so there are some reports that um, perhaps a higher post-grazing height may help these swords, and that's why we're looking at this trial. Um, the three that we are imp imposing on the plot study at the moment are grazing to four centimetres, 4.75 centimetres and 5.5 centimetres. Um, I suppose um, it is a more long term uh, trend that you'd be looking at, you know, you'd have to impose these um, heights for you know, a longer period of time to, to maybe see the results, whereas the establishment method is, you know, a quicker, a quicker result, perhaps. And um, so as of yet, we are not seeing any huge differences as of yet, but um, hopefully in the future. Uh, of this study we we may see some trends there and you might potentially see some seasonal differences in that post grazing height as well it, it would be a very interesting one again to follow absolutely yeah um should be very interesting in uh, in the coming year yeah i suppose the final part of that is the seeding levels and that's really being conclusive and looking at it in total like i'm sure you're going with a couple of different levels in that as well yeah so um for the seeding rates um at the moment we have imposed three seeding rates so a high medium and low amount of forage um in, in the in the seed in the seeding a full seed rate so um for, for clovers we were including rates of seven and a half five and two and a half kilos of clover per hectare um, and then for the herbs the chicory and the plantain we were including levels of um five three point five and two kilos of herbs per hectare 
And then so we were including this with the perennial ryegrass seed as well. And each was made up to a total, a total seeding rate of 25 kilos per hectare. This is coming some very good information coming out of that. Like this is year two of it at the moment. How long is that study intended to run for? Yeah, so um, this will be the final year of the animal um, the animal grazing study and also for the two, uh, the first two of the plot-based uh, plot trials. The third was uh, seeded later, so we will continue that in 2022 as well. It's going to be a good study to keep track on. Hopefully we'll get you back on the podcast. It will be a very interesting study for people to visit if COVID restrictions lift in the future. Absolutely, we'd be delighted. <laughs> Lisa, it was great catching up with you. Thanks very much for the information and we look forward to hearing more about it and good to have you on. Thanks very much. Okay, we're going to wrap things up at this point. Again, it was really good getting Lisa on to give us a bit more detail and background to the study she's involved in. Very interesting piece of work. I'm sure there'll be some great information coming out of it over the coming months and years, both in terms of how it affects animal performance, but also how we can actually manage those various companion forages and improve the overall performance we're getting from them. Hopefully we'll get Lisa back on at a later point in our studies to discuss it in a bit more detail with us. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.